Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is Cameron from A Couple Marks Wrestling, uh, riding solo today, but I have awesome news. I am not alone. I have uh, one of the coolest people that I've ever met in the world of Twitter, uh, which is great for all the negativity that the world of Twitter gets every once in a while. You get uh, an absolute gem of a person you get to meet, and she was kind enough to uh, take some time out so we could sit down and talk. We have literally no idea what we'll be talking about uh, as we discussed off air. So this is just going to be a random smattering of uh, a bunch of stuff. So anyways, I am joined today by my guest. Please introduce yourself. What an introduction. And I am said Jim, I guess. Yes. Bradbury. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're going Jim. Your new nickname is now Jim. <laughs> I guess I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can do that though. I don't want to give uh, anybody you're in you're dealing with right now some extra ammo. So. Shimming the holograms is that is that the cartoon? Shimming the holograms or like there's something from the eighties. Yeah. It's there. Great callback. Yeah, I think if we could do something like that, or you could just you could go by Jim, but just spell it. You know, the G E M instead of J I M. I don't know. There's. I am Jim. I am Jim. Yeah. There you go. They call me Jim. Have you ever seen Blazing Saddles? Yeah. <laughs> All my friends just call me Jim, but you can call me Jim. Great movie. Anyways, love that movie. One of my favorites. Mel Brooks is the best. Is he not? I'm more of a, oh, I can't think of the name of the actor. Like, growing up, I was always like a Polly Shore girl. Oh, wow. I don't know why. <laughs> like, great callback. My first VHS that I always, like, would watch it was Biodome and to this day it's one of my favorite movies really yeah wow good for you that's not a name that shows up a lot Pauly Shore that's not you don't hear that often uh yeah I mean what what a way to kick it off uh okay so we're just we're just gonna talk about stuff and uh, I don't even know where to start other than I feel like every time we talk, you're getting prepared for an event or you're working with some promotion or you're signing autographs or kissing babies or some sort of that nonsense. I just feel I feel like you're you're a big time celebrity. And and I, I, I no, I feel like you are, though. I feel like I should treat you like that. Like, I don't know why you're on this podcast right now talking to me, but I appreciate you having time for, uh, you know, us servants. Us, us, us normal people. Peasants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Us peasants. Um, so what, okay, so, so let's run down the list. Wh- who are the promotions that you, you work with specifically? Well, currently I'm working with two local companies oh. uh, out of West Newton, Pennsylvania and Connellsville, Pennsylvania in the Pittsburgh regional area, if okay. you will. Um, I am a backstage interviewer and occasional commentator for Rise Wrestling with Y, and I am a backstage interviewer and full-time color commentary person for Renegade Wrestling Alliance in West Newton, Pennsylvania. That is insane. So, because recently I saw, you know, we talked when you were making your uh, your commentary debut there. So this is, part of this has been, is fairly new for you. Yeah, and when I first started um I guess rustling live tweeting and finally started podcasting back in like 2017 ish. Um, I always 
thought about doing commentary just as, uh, I guess, a dream, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, I don't know how to exactly explain it, but I would always watch, um, you know, really, really old school like Shikara and PWG and Ring of Honor. And I looked up to Excalibur and Ian Rick and Bonnie like nobody's business. Wow. And like those were the two that were like I absolutely adored hearing them on commentary and Colt Cabana mm-hmm. um, around that area of Ring of Honor. But I just um, when I started with RWA, I actually started in October of last year uh, when Shane Taylor came in. My bud Shane Taylor, I can I can throw names out there. Oh uh, man, because he's the coolest dude. He's the scariest dude, but he's the coolest dude. Yeah. Um, and then after uh, my first gig for RWA, I was a moderator for the RWA Heavyweight Championship match. Um, interviewing the man of tomorrow, Daniel Eads and Shane Taylor. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, it is really scary being sandwiched between two freaking huge dudes. Yeah. Five foot one woman. I would say so. Um, it's horrifying. But then after, you know, the night was all said and done, uh, they wanted me on board permanently. And the booker was like, yeah, I want you to be already now young and I want you to start commentary full time. And at that moment, like, your first reaction is... I wanted to shit myself. Yeah. Like, I had no experience. I guess I was okay at, like, interviewing. Because um, I'd done it before. I'd interviewed Shane Taylor before, and I kind of bragged about him. That's how I got the job in the first place. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I was like, I had no experience. All I knew was what I had kind of studied beforehand, like, years ago. Yeah. Um, and then when I finally got to sit down, like, in the booth, for the first time last month it's so surreal like when you're looking out at the crowd how full the gymnasium is yeah and just feeling that energy you kind of have this out-of-body experience yeah and they introduced me and this is still surreal i'm gonna use that word a lot um because i guess i'm not really humble i'm just so shocked go for how it. far this has gone yeah uh but they were like you are the first woman in the Pennsylvania area uh, for wrestling, the very first women's commentator for not only RWA, but the first one to be on video on demand in the area. Like, no female has sat long-term on commentary locally, ever. That's insane. So, it's like, I guess I'm the, the, I said the president? President? You know what I'm saying. Sure, Um, sure. Yeah. I'm so good at words, you guys. um, but it's just when they like I'm I do this for a living, but I suck at words. Right. Um, yeah. But it's just it's so surreal in the fact that um, Ian Riccaboni wished me luck for my commentary gig. It, it's it's freaking insane. Yeah. And let alone when I started commentary, it was a show Teddy Long and D'Lo Brown was on, so I got to call a D'Lo Brown match. Because why not? Yeah. It, what a way to kick things off. Sure. It, it's just. Wow, that's that's insane. That that so you're you're the pioneer of of wrestling in the Pennsylvania area for women. I sort in a way in a way. I mean, yeah. go go with it. Just take it. And I I do, and it it's so weird because no one has ever kind of stepped up, or no one's really tried. Yeah, I, I, I don't know the circumstances. Sure, but I just learned that you know you can't take anybody's shit and you have to work hard mm-hmm. and if you work hard and don't take anyone's shit and you be yourself it, it, you know if you put in the effort 
you can do the thing, basically. You can do. You can do the thing. Do the thing, kids. Do I'm the thing. Motivational, all day. So, is your is your background in broadcasting or in anything like that, or is it just I've been a wrestling fan my whole life and it's always been a dream to call a match? Um. So we're gonna throw it back a while. Um. Growing up, I always loved music. Okay. I you know I was so hardcore into just. It helped me get through a lot of hard times, and mm. I was so dedicated to music. Gotcha. Um, I actually have a bunch of band posters on my wall as we speak. What kind of but, music? What's what's your genre uh, that you worked with back then? Uh, like back then, I was super into like pop punk, nineties alternative rock. So was it? Um, was there? Pop- is there or is there not currently an Avril Lavigne poster in your room? <laughs> no, but I do have a Joan Jett poster. All right, close enough. Queen, we'll give, we'll, give it, we'll give it to um, you. We'll give that to you for sure. <laughs> um, but I always love music, sure. and okay. I, you know, I was the girl that had stacks on stacks of alternative press uh, magazines, gotcha. uh, Revolver magazine, um, always searching. And in high school, we had to take school newspaper as a an elective. Okay. And, and so I was in that. And I thought I was going to hate it, but I loved it because it gave me a creative outlet. Hmm. And everyone was doing, like, you know, sports columns and food and what was going on with the school. And no one was doing anything for music. So I was like, why don't I just start my own music section? Boom. And they let me. And they gave me that creative outlet. And I got to interview um, their kind of bands that aren't necessarily around me. I mean, one or two might still be around, but I got to interview... Uh, Fat and Jay from Broken Side, if you want to go back to the, the scene days. Okay. Um, I got to interview the former drummer from Motionless and White, Angelo Parente, who runs a tattoo shop in Scranton, actually. Sure. Uh, which isn't too far. And I got to interview um, an underground rapper by the name of Kyle Lucas. He was the coolest dude from Georgia. And, and people weren't really paying attention to it. They were like, oh, you know, this girl, you know, the laundry's writing about music, shocker. Yeah. And no one really gave any second glance. Yeah. Um, and, but I love the fact that for a half hour of my life, I had creative control over something. Sure. Which just felt great to me yeah. at, at, during a difficult time in my senior year. Um, and after high school, all these kids were, you know, getting, uh, going to college, sending applications. And then, about it every single day in and out my t- entire senior year I got sick of it I got so tired of it I was happy for them but part of me was just like can you shut up about it already yeah like, cool you're doing what you want with your life but I don't have that option I was yeah. bitter I'm not gonna lie I was bitter okay. um and I was lost after high school like I wasn't gonna go to college because tuition is crazy I I thought about going to uh I can't think of the name of the photo Full Sail University, sure. which was, you know, and... That's down here in Orlando, right by us. Yeah. Yeah. And then I kept hearing horrible things about it. No offense to anyone who's watching this or listening to this who attends Full Sail, if you do. Um, <laughs> We've heard the same horrible right. things, so, I'm, yeah, you're not going to get any flag from me. We've heard that, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want heat about Full Sail University. Sure. No, no heat, but <laughs> just stuff we've heard. Can't confirm, but we've heard that stuff, too. <laughs> I was lost and at the time I was still attending independent wrestling shows um my first indie show was back 
2014 at Renegade Wrestling Alliance. Um, and I, I kept going up until 2000, mid-2016, which we'll get into that later. And I, I had to stop going um, for health reasons. But gotcha. I just, I had independent wrestling at the time. And I started uh, just at that time, finally started watching WWE. Okay. And I just started live tweeting about it and people seemed to like it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, people kept telling me, oh, you should start a podcast, you should start a podcast. And I was worried about it because I was just a kid out of high school. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Sure. Um, so I started periscoping and that picked up some uh, steam, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then I joined a UK podcast um, that gave me an outlet to do interviews and interview wrestlers. What podcast was that? Uh, that wrestling podcast of the UK, TWM News UK. Shout out to Maddie and those guys. I miss those. Uh, I miss them. But um, I just got so busy. But I got to interview. Actually, it was during the time where I was out for health reasons in wrestling um, that I wanted to do this podcast because I didn't want to lose wrestling completely. Gotcha. I wanted to hear stories. Like, I couldn't let go of wrestling when I was I, I just absolutely could not allow myself to do that. Um, and I got to interview a lot of cool wrestlers. That's how I met Shane Taylor, actually, and yeah. we just became close. Yeah. Um, and then I got it. Uh, I got to interview Jane Strake from WWE UK. I got to interview um, the Carnies. I got to interview Dan Barry, John Silver. Like just hearing their stories. Yeah. Meant a lot to me, and I could learn a lot from their stories. Mm. Um, and I just got heavy into podcasting, and I was learning. Wait, what was the question you asked me? I got totally sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking what your history was about oh, okay. the guy you You're on the right track. You're going. You're good. One sec. You're fine. Oh, coffee went down the wrong way. Um, there you go. I just wanted to make sure I was still on track. Um, but, like, I just started podcasting and people started liking it. And I was meeting all these people at the time that I couldn't. Or I didn't have the resources to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just became this other entire part of me where wrestling got me through, like music, it got me through a lot of hard times. Mm. Um, and I just found another creative outlet that I could put all my heart and energy and soul into, and people liked it. And I still can't believe people like it, but <laughs> nonetheless, it. <laughs> just became really important to me sure. and I had this dream of you know one day doing interviews for wrestling aside mm-hmm. from podcasts um but my first show back actually uh since circle late 2016 was September of last year no. so I was gone for a really long time wow. um and it, it was so weird um because September, they announced for RWA that Shane Taylor was coming in. Mm. That's how I got the kick in October and working officially with RWA. Um, and it was so weird. When I first went to RWA shows, I was going for a couple of years. And the locker room was completely different. So when I came back, it was like the first day of school all over again. Yeah. There were some guys still there that I knew, some that I didn't. Mm-hmm. So it's basically reintroducing yourself to just... It feels like a brand new thing. Mm-hmm. And then when I got the gig with RWA, I always remembered hearing about Rise Wrestling. I would see posters plastered all over town in the mall, and I heard really good things about them. So I reached out, and I heard back a day later saying that I had the gig with them. 
so I just reached out by chance and it worked. Jeez. Um, and yeah, what were you so, reaching out for specific, when you reached out to them? Was it like, hey, I want to come work with you or hey, I want to come in, do interviews or, you know, can I sweep the floors? Can I get in the door? Like, what were you asking at that point? Um, at that point, I had a little bit of confidence since I got the gig at RWA, okay. knowing that I was doing something right. Sure. Um, and I just messaged uh, the booker, Marcus Mann, um, who is the coolest guy. Um, I just said, hey, do you guys happen to need an interviewer? I, you know, at the time... The only thing that was on my portfolio was my Shikara work and a couple podcasts I'd done. And I sent it to Marcus, and a day later he said, yeah, you can do interviews for us. And it was like that where I was in. That's um, awesome. And I always say that I did stuff as backwards because before I got sick and all this snowballed, I always wanted to start locally in my hometown. Mm-hmm. But because I had interviewed Mike Quackenbush um, yep. before all that. Wow. I got in the door of Shikara for their September show. Which is insane. Last year. Yeah. It's because he was like, uh, our guy is going to be at a wedding. Do you want to come work with us? So I made the nine-hour drive to Philly, and I got in the door of Shikara. And I got feedback from guys like Murloc and Juan Francisco, and it just blew my mind. Yeah. Um, and I, I got in the door ass backwards, so I just everything's kind of worked itself out since then. I guess to answer your question, if that answers your question, I think it did. Okay. <laughs> so what? So what did you do when you got in the door at Shikara? What were you doing for them? Interviews. Okay. Um, I, I always tell a story where it felt like going to Disneyland, pulling up to the building. Uh, the Wrestle Factory, it just felt like going to Disney for the first time, which I've never experienced, but I was sure that's what that feeling would be. Yeah. Uh, pulling up the, the Wrestle Factory. Um, but he just asked if I could fill in for their main guy, who I can't think of the name off the top of my head. I apologize for that. Um, that's and okay. Yeah, you're just going to do interviews. And I said, okay. And he said, you're going to be like our Eddie Kingston. You're going to be like our, our mean Gene. And those comparisons freaked me out because I didn't think I was anything like those two. Right. I'm certainly not as angry as Eddie Kingston. <laughs> or as <laughs> Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Um, and it was so funny. When I first stepped foot into the Russell Factory, the way the door is, it's a step up, and I didn't see that. So I literally tri- tripped into the Russell Factory. Oh, no. So you... you Wow. Yeah. So, so your physical trip to the wrestle factory really worked on that same kind of like emotional thing exactly. too where you just stumbled and into it, was it so embarrassing because at that point a lot of people that worked there yeah uh knew me from twitter sure and they were like oh you're that twitter girl you're the Lebr-. yeah and it was like oh they actually know me is this good or bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's when you start going back on what have i said like <laughs> Did I tweet anything out horrible recently? Yeah. Should I be worried? Did I say anything um, about anybody that's in this room right now? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I was so worried, but they were so warm and welcoming to me. That's awesome. Um, Michael Weirman, the <coughs> guy that works with Quackenbush, mm-hmm. Rory Gulak was a sweetheart. Um, Travis Huckabee, as you know, he everyone was so sweet and so kind. Mm-hmm. Solo Darling gave me the best advice. Like, I will never forget it. Yeah. Um, and... The same day, I got to meet Orange Cassidy for the first time. Okay. And, and so when 
I was getting ready to set up the because they have these walkie-talkie things that are connected to microphones. Sure. And I was standing around waiting to get set up, and I see Orange Cassidy, and I'm like, "Holy shit, that's Orange Cassidy!" <laughs> like I'm trying not to like mark out. Yeah. And they were like, "Don't go, like go over and say hi to him," and I walked over like a deer in the headlights. And he introduced himself, and I could not remember my own name. <laughs> and I kind of just, it was a moment where I was like, shit, like, what's my name? Yeah. Uh, just smile, shake his hand, and go, mm-hmm, and just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, I hope he doesn't, like, if I ever bump into Orange Cassie again, I hope he doesn't remember that for my sake. Or the cool thing is, is you gave... You gave Cassidy that moment of a fan literally not being able to remember their own name in front of Cassidy. So if anything, that you know, that's a that's a bump in ego there. So that's probably a positive thing. Orange Cassidy will make you forget your name, and not in the weird way, not in the perverted way, in the awkward way. In the awkward way. <laughs> that should be. You should make that T-shirt and send it. Send it that way. Like, hey, this is your new line of merch. Orange Cassidy will make you forget your own name. <laughs> uh, I don't want to cease and desist. Oh, that's true. We don't uh, need that. Uh, so, okay. So you have Shikara, and then you get into Renegade, and then you find your way into Rise. And it all just kind of started because you just wanted to be in the wrestling business. which much. Which I think is awesome like, because... One of the things that I love about podcasting and about going to the local shows, because I mean, I'm we're right in between Tampa and Orlando, so there's something going on every weekend. But just just the Don't ability. You that fast wrestling down there too. Uh, fest is Gainesville. That's about two and a half hours from me. But yeah, it's down here. Oh. Um, but you can just shake their hands, and you you go out there and just kind of meet everybody, and if you hang around long enough. You know, they'll come out from the back or something like that. It's just the, the, the local feels just such an amazing feeling as far as a wrestling event goes. There's absolutely nothing like it. Hmm. Um, when I first attended my first independent wrestling show um, in 2014 at Renegade Wrestling Alliance, I, I started out um, selling concession. It's a story you don't really tell a lot, but I started yeah. off with, at the concession stand with my sister. Um like, that's where I started, at the concession stands, uh, a little Lola Bradbury, just being awkward and setting up the concession table and, you know, meeting people in line and meeting some of the wrestlers. And I would just help on that side. Um, and I can't tell you how many sweaty summers there were. It was so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, so, oh, man, that gym... Needs air conditioning badly, um, oh boy. but I love it to death. Sure. Um, it's one of those I, like. I started, I could, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say it's one of those things that you you always talk about changing it, but you would never want it to change. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And like the wrestlers would come by. I was lucky to meet a wrestler if they came by and asked for like a Coke or a Pepsi. And, like, it's so weird because we had our regulars in the concession line during intermission, and I still remember some of the orders because I filled it so much. And it's one of those things where it's, like, I curse myself for having such a great memory. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, though. I mean, to say that you can be, you know, just to just to know that you can remember that. I mean, that's that's part of that's part of the moment that 
you know, of why that's what one of the things that I love talking to people is always asking, you know, why, why did you get into wrestling? Like, you know, what, what is it about wrestling that gets you into those modes? And, you know, you hear stories like, you just hear stories like that and you go, yeah, that's, that's why, because I remember selling concessions in a high school gym, you know, in Pennsylvania (laughs) and you just get to tell that story forever. And I think that's awesome. And I want to change it for the world. And the moment, like sitting behind the curtain, like officially now is I get the weirdest deja vu because back in 2016 in the photo, like I share it constantly because it, it's a moment I'll never forget. Um, my big brother, Chris Taylor, who recently came back, um, which I'm so glad after he retired. Um, yeah. He went on Facebook Live, his entrance back when like Facebook Live was just starting out and yeah. wrestlers were starting to use it more. Sure. Um, He's like, I want you to Facebook Live my entrance. And I said, sure, do you want me to stand out by the curtain where like the photographers are? And he goes, no, you're like, you're going to come through the curtain with me. <gasps> and being a teenager at the time, I'm like, what? Say that again? Like, you want me to come through the curtain with you? He's like, yeah, no, like, you're loud. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. And I'm sitting there on the chair. The chair is still in the same freaking spot that it was three years ago. Like, it's still in the same spot. That's awesome. And so I'm sitting there as a teenager, like, shaking hands with a phone. Like, my heart is pounding because I can hear the people on the other side of the curtain. I can, you know, feel... Like, just the thump of the music. It's, oh, my God, there's nothing like it. And I got, like, goosebumps just talking about it. But yeah. the chair, to this day, is still in the same spot. I've sat in it again. I've been on the other side of the curtain officially. And I get deja vu from that day. And there's a photo of it where I'm standing on the steel steps of the ring. And Chris is on the top turnbuckle on my side. And there's a shadow of him on the wall, like Batman over Gotham. Yeah. And then there's me... Like my, the shadow of me holding up the phone right beside it, and it ca- like it. Looking back at the photo, it I felt like it was meant to be captured for some reason, and look where I am now. There like you go. just looking back on it. That's that's amazing. And what's it? Ah, oh, I have so many questions. What that that moment? So coming through the curtain with him is awesome because it's it's that moment of like I I had no idea I was gonna be doing this tonight, but sure. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. let's do this. But as compared to walking into those doors knowing, oh, crap, they're calling my name tonight and I'm actually allowed to come. You know what I mean? I'm, pe- I always feel like I'm going to get in trouble. Yeah, people people know I'm going to be coming through the curtain this time. What was that that first time like? Knowing like I'm coming through the curtains now because it's for me, not because I'm following somebody to the ring. It still feels like a weird out of body deja vu feeling because before we start actually like recording for the video on demand, mm-hmm. we come through the curtain and get set up in the booths. Sure. Um, and when I come through that curtain and I'm looking at all these people and they're kind of looking at me and it's like, should I really be here right now? <laughs> and like when I, I was the first one to come out of the curtain um, and I'm just like a deer in the headlights and someone who I consider my big brother, another big brother, uh, I guess, Doc. He's like, no, you, you got to go this way. Like, I was frozen. Like, he had to get my ass moving. Yeah. Oh, man. What's, uh, so was there, what was the, do you remember the crowd reaction the first time they called your name to come through the curtains? Was it just kind of like a weird kind of half clap? Or was there actually, you know, were there some people that were into it? Or do you even not remember it? I, 
I remember it partially. I remember Dr. Feelbad, uh, the owner of RWA, coming through and introducing me, sure. like, first off to kick off the entire night. Yeah. Because it was our 10-year anniversary, and I was, like, part of the big speech of the night. Wow. Which was in freaking insane. Um, and then he's like, you know, she's the first female and blah, blah, blah. It's not blah, 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 but, like, right. I'm just so yeah. excited she's talking about it. Um, and... He goes, Lola Bradbury. And there was like this, like, it wasn't like a dead silence like I expected. There was like, I got a, like, I guess in terms of hearing it back, I got an okay pop, but I still got a reaction, which. Yeah. Just like, oh, that's for me. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's the thing you hear from wrestlers is the, the worst thing to hear coming out of the curtain is silence. You either want it one way, you either want it one way or the other. All boos, great. All cheers, great. But silence is not good. So there was no silence, which is that we, that's a win. I'm off to a good start. Yeah, there you go. There, you know, there are a lot of people that come through the curtain that don't get anything. So I think getting something, don't sell yourself short on that. That's pretty big. So so for the 10 year anniversary, so you said, you just said that you were a part of that, uh, in some way, what way were, were you a part? Um, just being on commentary and Dr. Feelback gave this huge speech about the night just saying, you know, 10 years of RWA family and we have this huge card and like I'm blanking because again, it was just like blanking out trying to focus on what I was supposed to do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And the fact that, you know, RWA was my first show and I get to make my commentary debut, let alone on the 10 year anniversary. That's crazy. So first I trip into Shikara, and then this. Yeah, right? <laughs> Both literally and figuratively trip into Shikara. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, that's awesome. And I, and I want to ask you about this because I have, I have a broadcasting background. So I went to school for broadcasting. So I got to do you know football games, baseball games, basketball games. I love doing color commentary. That's kind of what I want to do. So when I hear you talk about this, it's... I'm overcome with pure jealousy and slightly anger, um, but it's it's out of love. But the one thing that I always found out is I could never be prepared enough going into a game. Like, it didn't matter how many sheets of scouting reports and stuff that I walked in with. I just never felt prepared. It's I'm that person that I I really rarely take breaks between shows ever yeah. since I have Rise and RWE like two shows in the span of a month yeah. every month um, I'm always sitting down watching you know the shows back taking as many notes as I possibly can like going into the 10 year anniversary I had eight sheets of notes for commentary like there was a lot yeah. um, and I typically ha- have between five and seven for Rise every month and like I take quotes from interviews I do and I, I contact the wrestlers and make sure like I can help them and put them over on commentary. I just, there's a lot of kind of pieces to the puzzle. Yeah. And I feel like, uh, when I did commentary for RWA last month, it was, yeah, you can go off of notes and statistics, but a lot of the time it's just going off the top of your head and responding to your other two peers mm. in that booth. Yeah. And you just got to click off of each other like right away. I will admit, I probably made one too many dick jokes to make fun of Tony Kincaid because I can't stand him, but I think I did pretty well. <laughs> well, that's good. We won't we won't hold anything against you there. 
Uh, but but that is that is the the unknown uh, factor is the 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 playing off of the other person in the booth or in this case the other people in the booth if it's three man that is that's the the unknown variable across sports and you know and wrestling and anything that you're calling is how are we going to react interact with each other especially on the 10 year anniversary this is your first time being in the booth so on top of that it's you know what's our you know what's our back and forth going to be like and going into it, we were, I, well, I was mostly worried about it since it was like my first time, but I had known Doc since I started going to RWA shows back in 2014. Like I've known him for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, I met Tony uh, back in, I want to say November. Yeah. He's not really memorable, so you <laughs> can't blame me. Why is he not that memorable? Let's talk about that. He's just a jerk. Yeah. Like. He's always harassing me on social media. Mm-hmm. He made fun of when I got attacked uh, in October or November. Um, I, yeah, I got attacked to provoke my big brother to come back. And the reason my big brother came back is to kick Ryan Edmonds' ass because he choked me when I was interviewing Dr. Feelbad. Yeah. Um, he made fun of that. He sent me a Christmas card of the photo of me getting choked out. Oh, um, so, yeah, to say that he is a jerk is me putting it nicely. Well... Yeah, I would say that's a that's a statistics list that would qualify somebody as a jerk. That is true. Okay. So, but I will say we work. I don't want to admit it, but we do work well together. Well, so I'll edit that out so he can't hear that. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um. So what is? Yeah. So what are the things that I love, and really the thing that I love most about wrestling is. And, and I, you know, talking to promoters and, and owners and everybody and everybody knows wrestling's just an incestual business in the sense of if one person likes you, a hundred people will like you. And if one person dislikes you, a thousand people will dislike you. You know what I mean? And so just what the idea of being kind of the outsider and going into the locker room, not an outsider. Cause you, you had seen so many there, right? So like you've been there for years, but kind of that yeah. crossover of, Hey, I was sitting in the stands as a fan and now I'm in the back. I'm in the locker room. I'm, you know, the old phrase with the boys, like that, that transfer of mentality and that idea of walking in there and going, I do not belong here. How, who let me in this door? <laughs> right. Like, I have that thought constantly. I'm glad someone said it out loud. Yeah. I don't sound weird when they say it. No, not um, at all. Oh, God. So, like I said before, I'd gone for so long, and I was used to, you know, seeing specific people. And when I came back, the locker room had kind of shifted and changed, um, going through different bookers and bringing in new talent who's kind of stuck around for a while um, after the point of me leaving. And so when they called 15 minutes for us to go back, I'm, you know, luckily I had known two people back there for a good two and a half-ish years, so I didn't feel completely out of it. That's good. Um, So I felt a little awkward. So, like, I go back, and let me tell you, being a female in that locker room, you got to cover your eyes a lot. Oh. I was literally the only female in the locker room. Sure. And they're not going to change just because there's a female in the locker room now. Yeah. 
like I like I feel awkward when I like see something I'm not supposed to. So it's like okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but it is a great locker room. Like at Rise and RWA, at first it was awkward, but knowing like feeling more comfortable and knowing that I have friends that I've known for a little while. Me, um, there are a lot of ribs. There are a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, just laughter and craziness. And something that you can't duplicate in any any place. Um, it, it's I'm going to learn slowly, but there is just a lot of moments where you laugh till you cry, and you make sure that you have good etiquette in the locker room. If you don't shake hands, if you don't respect other people, they're not going to respect you. And I've always gone into everything with respect and shaking people's hands and making a good impression because. I'm there to help them. Mm-hmm. I'm not there to help myself. I'm there to help them. Yeah. And that's what's most important. Yeah. No, I, I definitely uh, understand that. And I'm sure that that helped you probably get to a spot even quicker um, than normal. But I want to go back to one of the things you were talking about, about the ribbing in the locker room and stuff. And oh <laughs> and we, we were talking about that off air. So any stories yeah. you can share? Uh, I would love to hear them, and I know the listen our listeners would too. But you know that's that's a sign though of of them them letting you in is that ribbing, right? It's like it's it's the person you're really good friends with. Like if I don't make jokes at your expense, are we even really friends? Yeah, and and that's how like the mindset is. because yeah. um, basically. I'm seen as the little sister in the locker room. Sure. Without like without a doubt. I'm always I've always been seen as the little sister figure. Um, and at the ten year anniversary, um, there was someone was sitting like I'm not gonna name names, but uh, we all sit we all grab a chair and just kinda sit wherever backstage. Okay. And one person was sitting on the chair in their normal spot and I was kinda sitting in the conglomeration of three or four different guys and Someone kicked the little plastic part that held the chair up, and the guy's chair just bam right when we're in the middle of a meeting. Like, and everyone kind of just gasps, and the room freezes, and we all look over, and the guy just sitting with the broken chair on the floor, still on his phone. He's like, "I'm not moving," and it was the most hilarious thing. And another guy stands up. He goes, "Well, I'm not sitting down anymore." <laughs> <laughs> and um there are times where I'm filming interviews where people will dry hump each other, people will floss, people will make faces yeah. and try to get me to break. Yeah. Um, and there are times where I have, and I'm not proud of it because when I get going laughing, if a rib happens, there's no stopping me for a good 20 minutes until we can film the other take. Oh no. Like, I'm that person. Um, I'm just crying just thinking about it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, think. the good news is it's pre, it's pre-taped so you can, it's not live. God, if I could, like, there have been so many takes of just problematic ribs. It's tough. <laughs> but that's 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 the part that you can't you can't replace that though. I mean, I'd imagine. I, I would assume. I, I'm not. While I, that is a, a goal of mine is to always been kind of doing doing literally exactly what you're doing for. Uh, a promotion has always been something that I've loved to do, but I, I can't imagine that those are the moments where you just kind of go, yeah, I'm in a good place right now. 
Yeah, and just the moments that kind of just make themselves. Mm. Uh, you don't expect it, and when they do happen, you're like, it, it goes in the, the fun memory bank. Yeah. Um, and for the good part, the Rise Locker Room and RWA Locker Room have been so kind and just willing to help me out no matter what. If, like, if you have questions, come to us. We'll help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, guys like Bronco McBride who have been so helpful and encouraging. Uh, John Roden, the juggernaut John Roden. Um, Shane Taylor. Guys like Shane Taylor have went out of their way to help me to help them. Mm. And that's just a sign of that respect and that they notice you caring about what you do. And that more than anything means the world to me. The people just notice that I care a lot. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that, that's awesome that they are, they're willing to, to see that and to, to recognize that the effort that's being put forth. Cause I mean, there are, I've heard horror stories again, but you know, you, these people that just do everything they can and you know, the, the, the ones in charge just kind of overlook them or, or don't, uh, don't accept the help, you know, that they've been given and that kind of stuff. And so I've heard enough of those horror stories that to hear promotions like rise at R- RWA just being, being there and being willing and being helpful sounds, sounds amazing. And the, the greatest thing about Rise as well, uh, Marcus is so willing to help listen to my ideas and what I think I have to offer and trust me mm-hmm. and help and guide me in whatever way I need. Um, you know, the Rise locker room it is so positive and so energetic and the fact that, you know, they encourage me to keep doing my notes and they're so kind of taken aback of how many notes I actually have. Um, I, I'm currently under the learning tree of BC Steel for the Rise pre-show that we usually do on Facebook Live. He's a pain in my ass sometimes, and I, I always say he's the Regina George to my Katie. Ah. You say a lot of e-girls references. Fair enough. Like, he's literally the Regina George to my Katie. <laughs> uh, he's a pain in my butt. He's a pain in everybody's butt, but he knows what he's doing. He's been around for a while. Yeah. So when when did you get uh, the confidence, um, for lack of another word, uh, to come with an idea of your own, right? Because when they let you in to do that, you're like, all right, yeah, I'm just going to follow the rules. And then at what point did you feel comfortable enough going, actually, I'm, I may have an idea of my own if you're willing to listen? Um, the first night I met Marcus Mann, he invited me out to a Rise show just to see what they were about. And I loved it immediately. The The way that the venue was set up, it's in the old, in an old movie theater. Oh, that's awesome. And they have, you know, they took out all the movie theater seating, just like the folding chairs. Mm-hmm. And then we're up in the projection room, basically, as the locker room. Secrets, I guess. Um, <laughs> but basically. And they utilize the old movie screen that's there. Mm. which is the coolest thing ever. And they're, they're so up and up with production and pro- it, it's insane. It, it's, it blows my mind how they do it. Mm. Um, and Marcus had invited me and he was like, what do you think of the show? And he was willing to listen to, you know, what I thought I had to offer before he gave me the job um, officially. And he said, you know, if you have any ideas of your own, if you want to do something for us, uh, you know, if you need any, uh, I can't think of the word, if you need anything to help, basically if you need anything to help you, let me know. Yeah. And that's how the Rise Strong podcast came about. 
because I again with the, the podcasting background sure and I said hey you know you guys haven't really had a podcast from you know based off of what rise is about why don't I take it on mm. why don't I do one to help you um, and he was like great he's like when you start it just let me know and just email me the things and we'll make it happen and I'm currently uh, awaiting on uploading episode three of the Rise Strong podcast with Tyler Vox. He is a cool, like, everyone's just so cool, uh, except for a couple people who are kind of mean. But, you know. They're not all going to be great. Well, I mean, they're mean because I'm small. Yeah. But it's fine. I'm stupid. No, well, that's jerks. All of them. If they're mean to you, <laughs> jerks, I say. So say we all. Um,. So I want to go back to something too about how uh, doing color commentary when you get into when you get on the table, having a couple of those. Well, not physically on the table. That would be that would be some strange stuff. <laughs> okay, when you're sitting at the table. <laughs> thank you for keeping me honest. I appreciate that. Um, when you're at the table and you're you're working with you know the the that team there and that group. Do you guys, how, how, what's the dynamic there? Or, or have you guys kind of found a rhythm yet? I know it, it, it's not been too terribly long since that started, but have you guys been able to find a rhythm? Or are you the group that's like, has your own messaging chat and then throughout the week you're just throwing off ideas? Or is it kind of like everybody just shows up with their own stuff? Here's what we want to hit on. Other than that, you know, let's have some fun. I can't necessarily touch on that, but I will say we do – even though, like, I've known Doc forever, and I've known Tony for a couple months now, unfortunately. Right. Uh, but I'm just going to, I'm going to bury him on this podcast completely. Go for it. That's fine with me. <laughs> um, and we have this dynamic, and we go off of each other very well, I will Good. say. Good. Um, just with Doc kind of being the in-between guy, Tony obviously favoring the hills and kissing their asses. And me just kind of calling it like I see it. Um, sure. Obviously, I say it with faces because cheating is wrong. There you go. Cheating has always been wrong. Remember that, people kids. People cheated too. People with, like, the title changes we had, like, people cheated. And it makes me very upset to see who's holding some of the current titles right now. But I'll get into that next month. No, actually, next month and a couple weeks. Wrestling is tough, you guys. Um, I need to have, like, a physical calendar of this show here that like right. time is does not matter in wrestling no um, it's not linear and we have such not that like we got a lot of good feedback um from the reverend hunt which kind of solidifies that we're doing something right because he's in media broadcasting uh as his real life job mm -hmm. um so that just solidifies that we're doing something right because we got great feedback from him mm -hmm. uh we obviously It'll take time for it to kind of settle itself in, since I'm kind of the new kid on the uh, on the block, if mm -hmm. you will. I'm Donnie Wahlberg of the team. No, I, no, I take that back. No. I'm the Julie of the team because okay. he's the youngest one. There you go. <laughs> um, but we we will find our stride. But right now we're on the right track. I will say. Well, that's good, and it. I mean, it's it just makes life easier when you work with a group that you can play off of because. Absolutely. I've had a couple of guys in the booth when I would do when I would do basketball. That's my forte. I've been a basketball coach for a while, so it's just what I find easy to to talk about to call. And and you you know you get in the booth with a guy that just literally gives you nothing, 
and you're just stepping over each other and I can't talk when, you know, I want to talk because he's not feeding me and all that kind of stuff. And and then you get in a booth with a guy where it just, it just clicks. I mean, everything I want to say in my head, it's like they set me up for before I even mention that I want to say it. And just that, that is, it's so much better. And it makes, it makes the event. It makes life so much easier. It does. And it also makes the recording of it so much easier. Because the commentary for the people watching on TV or wherever it is, it, it carries so much weight during uh, an event, during a wrestling event, does commentary that you, you have to be in a good flow. Yeah, and we, being that I made my start on the 10-year anniversary with these two, obviously more seasoned guys than I was, mm-hmm. um, it makes it so much easier when you can you know counterpoint politely occasionally i didn't do that so much i tried to be graceful when tony got on my nerves i, tr- I tried there you go. um but overall we played off of each other we counterpointed politely for the most part and we called it like we seed it seed it saw it seed works I'm so good at talking that's fine I'm so good at talking you it, guys. as long <laughs> once the red light comes on as long as you're on there that's that's it um but we're we're on the right track. Yeah. And I will say over uh, I got to sit on commentary a couple times at Rise recently. Um, both times haven't worked out exactly like I thought they would. Um, but Jim Lamotta and Paul Atlas. Paul Atlas is a local Pittsburgh wrestling legend, um, and he's so great to learn from, and he's so great to kind of just play off of in the booth. Same with Jim. Um, they're such great guys. Same with Doc Tony. For the most part, he's you know. Eh. But I'm learning from these guys that have a lot of experience, and it can help me in the long run. That, and that's good. And this is just, you know, you're padding, you're just padding resume right now. I mean, loving what you're doing, but man, what a way to start. You know, some people have to, you know, and that's that's the other thing too that I'm finding with, with you know, local promoters and people that I'm starting to be friends with is the amount of people that just don't reach out and ask is astounding. Because I've talked to some of these guys and I'm, you know, there's, there's one that's maybe something, you know, soon or down the road, but I mean, it was, I was on Instagram and I was like, Hey, we're, we're in driving distance. Let us, you know, we're our podcast. Here's what we do. Here's what we're trying to do. If you need any help, you know, just holler or whatever, but you're local. So we'll promote you anyways. But if you need anything else from us, you know, just let us know. And I, you know, I get a message back. Talk to the guy a couple times. He's like, "Hey, you know, come out to the first show or come out to the come out to the the next show. Uh, we'll talk a little bit there, and then if it all goes well, maybe we can do something in tandem for the next one." And it's just it it astounds me the people that love, you know how just how how easy it is and how receptive they are. Right? That's what they see. They go, "Oh, this guy's willing to do something for free, or this girl's willing to do something for free." Like, yeah, let's at least hear him out. <laughs> And the, the thing is, you know, how you said it's so astounding, the, the amount of people that don't ask, um, you know, and, and I make this point a lot because obviously you see this on Twitter and how many people I argue with <laughs> occasionally. We're, that's one of our topics of conversation. Um, but the thing is, you know, wrestling is a male-dominated field. Yeah. There are women that are busting their tails to, like, in, in the ring, busting their tails to make stuff happen for others. Sure. And it's so, like, with the first WWE Evolution pay-per-view and, you know, women like Shotzi Blackheart, Kenzler, like, 
there are women who are still trailblazing in 2019 in a time where we should be trailblazing. We should be setting the standard. Sure. Um, by far. Um, and the thing is, people are more... Re- I've been lucky to get into RWA and Rise because they're accepting of my ideas right. and what I have to offer. But a lot of the times, people will look at females and just laugh. Yeah. They won't respect us when we try. And I think that's the reason that people don't try or ask is because they look at females, they look at chicks, and they're like, yeah, right, Like you're into wrestling. You know, you know that type. And it's so frustrating because we aren't just in it for the looks like we can genuinely know our shit and prove ourselves but nobody gives us the chance and when you find that platform that gives you a chance Mm -hmm. then you start seeing some type of change and that's where i think i play into everything where even if i don't like myself there's some days i don't feel like i contribute enough um and I, i i try to make a little difference as much as i possibly can to make things better to say you know to have someone look at me and say i can do that too or i can work to be in that place where in a a local place of my own. Um, But in 2019, people need to be more receptive about female ideas in the wrestling industry because there's such a still kind of boys club mindset in what they think we're capable of, what they think they can do better than us. And it shouldn't be competition, male, female, regard. It should not be competition. You should be willing to help others and listen to their ideas because in the long run, overall, it can only help what you are trying to do. And I think more promotions need to be more accepting of women who can represent themselves as idealistically intelligent about wrestling. And I think that's really important. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. I think that I think as far as WWE is concerned right now, I think the women are absolutely dominating what they're doing. I, I think the I think they're running that that show um, in the entire sense of of where everybody's kind of placed right now, um, which I think is I think is fantastic, and I've also a, a big time proponent of. And then you know you get stuff like last week where you know Lufisto puts out you know, something that we've all kind of dreaded reading, but kind of yeah, knew it was coming. My heart. Yeah. It, and it, it did mine too, because you, you know, you tell people that are wrestling fans about what she's done, you know, they go, Oh, I had no idea. And I was like, I know, but you, it, you should have not in the sense of like, you need to go and research every wrestler on the face of the planet, but just in the sense of, the stuff that she did at the time that she did it on the indie scene when almost yeah. nobody else was doing that, I feel like it's just something that at the very least should be acknowledged and talked about and people should know, like, no, she was a she was a CZW champ. Like, she beat Kevin Steen. She tagged with El Generico. Like, she went around the world and won titles around the world and dominated tournaments around the world. And, I, you know, it was really sad seeing her. I got to meet her at Shine because Shine ran a handful of events down here in Tampa. And, uh, and you know, got to meet her. And, and they're all sweethearts. They're all amazing and awesome. And they're just – but they're badasses, man. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing is, like, women like Blue Fisto, women like Shanti. I, I adore Shanti for putting out I'm Not a Victim, that T-shirt. Man, like, talk about a – Even more for that. Talk about that, a statement. I think was really, really important for her to do. And a lot of the times when we have ideas where we're standing up and speaking out, people try to shut us down because our voices don't matter. But the, the, I'm trying to think of the word, 
the the fact of the matter is that women like Lufisto, Shotzi Blackheart, uh, Kimberly, mm. and so on and so on, like there's so many women mm-hmm. that make a change and no one acknowledges it solely on the fact of them being females. Yeah. And that's a problem. They've been around longer. Well, not longer, but like they've been around for so long that people, you know, they have, I can't speak for them, but if I were in those shoes being like, if people were going to make me shut up, I'm not going to shut up. Sure. And I think that people need to sit down have a conversation and listen to what we have to say because we stay silent because of internet things or personal things or people just trying to shut us down and when we speak out we get the backlash mm-hmm. and if people are willing to listen maybe that cycle that venomous cycle would stop at some point i would think yeah and it's and it's tough too um and I definitely I want I want your take on this particular thing that I want to talk about, but I don't want to talk about it in the normal sense of what everybody else is doing. And I'll, I'll get to it in a moment, and you'll kind of see where I'm coming with it. Is I feel like it is an uphill battle for women in wrestling, even though there have been women wrestlers that have been shutting it down for longer than most of us watching today have been alive. Yeah. And I feel like it's such an uphill battle because they can be so great and so great and so amazing and break so many barriers and bust so many walls and you get no credit for it. And then Priscilla Kelly does one thing and it's like, well, we're going back 30 years now. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's tough because here's the thing. And this is where I kind of want your take, but I'm not I'm not asking you. This isn't like a cornering thing. I, I wasn't personally a fan of what she did. I'm not going to crucify her for doing it. I'm not going to be like, well, I hate Priscilla Kelly forever now. It's like, no, it's like somebody just did something I didn't like, and so I just didn't watch it, or I just didn't talk about it. And that was one of the points that Chris and I had. We didn't even bring it up when when it was a hot-button issue and everybody was talking about it because it was just like, what, you know, we didn't like it, so we just... But that's okay. It, we don't. It's not that we don't like her. It's just that we People just need to have that mindset more of like, if I don't like something, I can just not watch it. I don't have to constantly bitch about it on the internet. But continue. No, but but my my eventually I'm gonna get to the question of what when that moment happened for you. Like, what was what was your thought process through that? Of just, I'm I'm very curious as as especially a from a women's perspective, b from a woman who is in the wrestling business. And a woman in the wrestling business that isn't a wrestler. Which I think may be tougher than being a woman wrestler in the business. You know what I mean? Oh, to be fair, I mean, being... I'm trying to think how to explain it. Like, me being in the locker room, not as a female wrestler, but as a correspondent to, you know, women in the locker room who are women's wrestlers. um, I have... I look at it this way. They are the veterans. They've been doing it longer than I have. Sure. I respect them. I mm-hmm. look up to them. Me having a different perspective in that locker room doesn't make me better, doesn't make me less. We sh- we're we on an equal playing field in terms of respecting each other and what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they obviously have more experience, and I take it positively. Like, I can learn from them. I'm not going to shut them down for whatever reason. I don't feel the need to because I can learn so much from anybody that I work with. And I I look at it positively from that perspective. And a lot of people think it's, oh, it's this petty catty thing. 
but it doesn't have to be. If you look at it from, they can learn from you or you can learn from them, life would be so much easier. Hmm. Um, as far as the Priscilla Kelly thing, I, I'm indifferent about it. Okay. I mean, people do crazy spots all the time. If you don't like it, you don't have to be a Jim Cornette about it. <laughs> that, that, that's the thing. Um, basically, or if it's... Anyway, I won't get into them because they don't matter to me anyway. Um, <laughs> but I just don't... Uh, I but the thing about Priscilla Kelly, she yeah. took something controversial and made something good out of it, which ultimately I think is okay. With the T-shirt that she made to go to a chair, like it was great what she did. Yeah, what she played off of. Um, I mean, women bleed. We have periods, and you know it, it's sure. a natural thing. Yeah. And for a spot, it's like it made me cringe a little bit, but it's like, oh, okay, just another thing. Because I respect Priscilla, and I love her to death. Sure. But it's it just another one of those things, like, oh, okay, this happened. And then you just kind of yeah. follow. I, I, yeah, and so I so when Shine came down to um, Tampa, I was there for the introduction and the Nova tournament. So I saw Priscilla run the table and and win the the um, the championship there that they had just announced. And I just remember watching her in the ring, and I'm like, this, this, she's awesome. You know, like, they all were. I mean, it was a tournament full of her and, you know, Lefisto and Holiday and Ivelisse and Mercedes Martinez, who Mercedes Martinez is one of, like, my top five favorites right now in the world. I love her. But you just look at Priscilla Kelly and you go, yeah, she's going to be really good. And then you look at her and go, oh, my God, she's 20 or 21 now or whatever it is. And you're just like, this girl's going to be on top of the world in like three years. And so, you know, or if, if she isn't, if she isn't going to get there closer to it. So I absolutely love Priscilla Kelly. I think she's an amazing talent. I think the character that she has created, which... You know, the best characters are always just yourself cranked up a little bit. You know, that's what all the the big wrestlers have always said. So I'm, you know, I'm sure that that is who Priscilla is, you know, as far as her her aura and, and, and everything about her. And I think it's amazing. I think it correlates so well into the wrestling world that I think she's, I think she's a superstar. I think it's just a matter of time. It's an if, not a, or it's a when, not an if statement for her. And there, there are so many women who are killing it oh. right now and have been killing it for so long and the, on the indies. Yes. And they don't get the credit they deserve. No. Um, and they, they work so hard and they prove themselves in the ring time and time again. Mm-hmm. And in 2019, and I've said this, you know, since 2019 started, which wasn't that long ago, um, that, you know, 2019 is the year of the woman in wrestling. I think it is. And I think... and. I think you're right, and I think one of the things that that I had mentioned before through one of the one of a, a video, a quick video that I did is like I think the people that are the the um, not underground. I don't mean it negative. I don't mean that in a negative sense, but like the underground indie female wrestling fan and the the everyday average WWE only women's wrestling fan. I think they have to realize that they need each other, right? Because WWE reaches more people than any other promotion does. It's just, that's, that's just fact. And the fact that 
they're promoting women's wrestling the way they are going into this year and the fact that that women's wrestling is literally running WWE right now. I think is an amazing thing and then I think we need to marry that with the people that can that can bring the WWE women's fans into some of these indie scenes and go okay they're awesome and they are but there's a whole line of a thousand of them that are everywhere throughout the country that you can go see for eight bucks at a gym or whatever you know what I mean I don't I feel like there's an almost a divide there like it's oh no I'm only this or I'm only this and I feel like we gotta yeah. we gotta marry that because they need each other I mean I'm trying to think yes and no okay. I think WWE is off to a good start if they continue on the path of how great the past couple, uh, the past two me and classics have been bringing in those women yeah uh, I think that's a great start and it received a lot of positive reaction and obviously the full so crowd is more um experience with these women like seeing them on the indies and experiencing it Mm -hmm. and i think that's a good start Mm -hmm. wwe is still so very far behind on the women's wrestling trail um not in the fact of the women who are wrestling but in the fact of how they handle things with booking treatment pay that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um there is that divide of oh you know i only watch wwe because everything else sucks or there's always going to be that divide. There's always going to be that negativity. And I think the only steps we could take to marry them, like you said, is still showcase these kinds of women in the main classic. I think that's, or in NXT, or if you decide to, if you see a woman that you like to see wrestle, not in a creepy way, and support them, cool. Yeah. Find out where they're wrestling. Like, I don't mean in a creepy way. We'll get to that in a moment. But, but <laughs> like, in a creepy way, yeah. if you want in a positive way, if you want to support women's wrestling on the indies, if you have the means to travel to see a show, sure. that's the best thing you can do. If people are on the fence about it and they don't want to be a WWE smart at a freaking indie show, yeah. then cool. Fine. Like, wrestling's for everyone, but don't be a dick about it. Yeah. yeah it, it just... You're always going to have that divide, and I think if you would marry them, things would go downhill very fast. So I think they're better off separate, and if you choose to support them, then we kind of have some compromise between the two. Yeah. It's it's tough for, for me because, I mean, not just for me, but, like, I grew up with four sisters, so I look to women's wrestling to teach them stuff. And to and I look to women's athletics in general to teach them kind of life lessons and who to follow and people to look up to and trailblazing people like. My favorite basketball coach of all time is and I don't know if you follow basketball or not, but my favorite basketball. What'd you say? I said it's been a while. My favorite basketball coach of all time is Pat Summit, and she coached at the University of Tennessee. Pat Summit is literally the reason why Title IX exists in college basketball and college sports. Like she's a trailblazer for Title IX. And I teach that to my kids, that I the the girls that I coach high school basketball right now and my sisters and all this kind of stuff. Like I teach them that and I'm a proponent of it, but I still to this day feel weird walking up to a female wrestler at an indie show. Be, and not not that I feel weird approaching them or that I look like I'm going to be one of those creepy dudes, but I just I just feel so bad for the amount of creepy dudes they get hit with that they're almost like see me coming up and they you know there's a small part of them that's like 
oh crap, what do we have to put up with now? You know, and it just like, it just tears my heart up having to think that maybe that's going through their head. And I just, I hate it. I know it comes with the territory. I do, but I just, I hate it. Yeah, and like speaking for myself, you do get those moments where like, oh God, like, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's tough because you want to be nice. But the second someone's creepy or disrespects you, you try to be nice, and sometimes it just flies out the window. Yeah. Like, you can't take any shit because that proves people can walk all over you with that nonsense, and that's not okay. That's certainly not okay. Um, but if you prove yourself to be a cool person and not a freaking creep, yeah, then, yeah, cool. We, you know, we can have a conversation yeah. about wrestling and just be cool. Um, but there are times, like, when I first started, man, I would get creepy ass like and I still occasionally get it once in a while now like creepy messages um a dude messaged me forever ago asking him to sleep with him and his wife uh, and when I blocked him he was like what did I do like huh? like it gets bad real quick um also if people try to harass you on twitter and you call them out for that for you know harassing you and stalking you mm-hmm. um when you block them they will screenshot your profile and whine that oh you know this film is nazi you know you know yeah bullshit yeah Pardon my french no, um and it's like it shows like and i will say this and it hasn't gotten too bad but if you're at a show and you see a woman wrestler or interviewer like myself if you want to come say hi fine and dandy that's phenomenal that's great if you want to you know support my work that's cool that's great watch the shows by the vod's you know mm-hmm. but don't unnecessarily touch someone because it makes them uncomfortable or ask if ask for a hug mm-hmm. don't go in for it immediately because that's very uncomfortable yeah. um don't walk up to them and say that you're hitting on like right up say that you're hitting on them because that's very uncomfortable and very creepy yeah um don't disrespect the females because you don't think a female should be there. I've dealt with that. Oh. Don't don't disrespect us because yeah. time and time again we will prove you wrong. And most of the time we're probably going to talk about you on podcasts like I'm doing now. <laughs> so d- don't don't be that person that makes someone uncomfortable at a wrestling show because there are times that we don't feel safe. Yeah. Like dudes will follow us out to our car. It, it just don't be that person. Yeah. If you want, if you want to say hi, cool, but respect our boundaries because we do a lot. We deal with a lot. Yeah. I. You know, it's funny. I, I had one of those moments where, and and I have them mostly at Shine. I mean, really, the 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 ones that I've had the most of have been at Shine because it's only female wrestlers. So it's like them walking into that. They just kind of already i i assume and i'm not putting anything in there any words into them or anything like that but you gotta assume if you know you're going to an all women's event as a woman on that roster you just kind of know what you're gonna get out of the crowd and and i and you know bless him and i hate him i hate it for him but made when major league wrestling came back and they had their first show in orlando the co-main event so the main event was ricochet versus shane strickland the co-main was Santana Garrett versus Mia Yim. Mia Yim is one of my all-time favorites. I love Mia Yim. Jade, whatever you want to call her. Love her. She's awesome. Followed her for years. And they intermission break. And I, I walk down there because I see Mia Yim kind of standing at the bar, but she's not selling merch. She's just kind of hanging out. Right? And I'm like, man, this is one of my favorite wrestlers. Like, 
I, I want to go up and say hi. I mean, I, I didn't even want to go up and like, can I give you a hug? Can I have a picture? I don't even ask for pictures. I just walk up and shake their hand and say, I just want to meet you. You know, just want to say hi. Yeah. And so I go, all right, man, I can't be creepy because we're literally in the middle of a bar and just don't come off like a weirdo because that's not your intention. Right. So I gave myself that pep talk. <laughs> so I walk up to her and I go, hey, just wanted to say hi. And then I kind of go into my spiel. I'm like, listen, been a fan of you for a long time. I've got four sisters. I point them to you a lot in what you're doing for wrestling and for women's wrestling and women's sports and entertainment. Like, I just want you to know I appreciate you. And I use you as a teaching lesson for people that I know, for women that I know that are trying to break through stuff or whatever. Plus the stuff that she does with, you know, the, 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 um, Oh gosh, what's her organization? She always has her, her third finger painted uh, blue. Dang yeah, it. I know what you're talking about. Okay, I couldn't remember the name of the organization, but I was like, also the work you do with that is is amazing. And I said, I just wanted to come down here and say thank you. You're gonna have a great match later. You know, appreciate you. And she, you know, she and finally she goes, Oh my gosh, she goes, Thank you, that was so sweet. She gave me a hug. She's a freaking sweetheart. They all were. Um but I know it's kind of I walk up and I go, listen, you know, you, as a male fan that isn't just a creeper, like you, you have to almost have a plan of attack going to talk to a female wrestler as to not come off creepy. And like as a female in that kind of bubble, like we always have our defenses up. Yeah. Like if you come off creepy, like we're just it, it's going to it's not going to be OK. But if you're if say say if I know you from Twitter mm-hmm. or I've known you for a while talking, if you ask me for a hug or you're cool, fine. That's you know awesome. I'm glad you're there supporting me. Like that's the greatest feeling. Yeah. But when you have you know the one or two bad eggs, then you know then you have that problem. Yeah. And is it is it to the point now where you just. And I don't, I don't mean this negatively, but is it to a point now where your default is just every guy is, every guy at a wrestling event is creepy until they aren't, like they're guilty until proven innocent kind of a thing? And I, and I don't mean that you do that on purpose, but is that almost just kind of your default setting? It has to be, especially in settings like indie wrestling. Um, yeah. I, if, if I'm familiar with you, if I know, if I've talked to you before, then I'll, you know, cool. Like, we can have a conversation until I have to go off and do an interview or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if I meet you at a show and I, I seem kind of shorthanded, it's because I'm very, very busy because I'm running around trying to gather wrestlers for interviews and it's like trying to gather cats <laughs> to take them to the vet. Like, it, it's it's tough yeah. trying to get people in the same place at the same time to, uh, to do interviews. Um, if I seem shorthanded, I apologize just because I'm so busy and anxiety is tough in my brain so don't take it personally um that happens to me way too often um but if you come off is if you walk up to me and say you know i'm hitting on you then i'm gonna be uncomfortable or i'm just gonna walk away (laughs) yeah it's like if you don't show me respect because i'm a female then you know screw it jeez and how how often do you get just the outright hey i just want you to know this is me hitting on you do you want to have dinner sometime? It's sparse. It's very sparse. Um, it's happened to me more often than I'd like to admit. And it's gross. It makes me feel like I'm going to puke. Um, just don't be that person. I agree. 
please don't be that person. Let's change the way that uh, men at <laughs> indie wrestling shows are looked at. That's my that's my my rally cry. I think in the wrestling world to just lead a lead a generation of non creepy guys, uh, especially in wrestling. And then there's some that just shouldn't reproduce in general. But that's a whole separate conversation. Oh, no, that's accurate. That is super accurate. And I've I've both witnessed a few of them, too. You know what's really funny? This is not anything to do on our list. But when I tell you the story, I'm just hoping it's going to spark a story in your head. I was at an event. And one of the more recent events that I was at. And there was a guy who, you know, it's there are no barriers at indie events, right? You just walk through everybody. You know, and so uh, yeah. he he yeah. was he was drunk, and it was the end of the night, and oh. and yeah, oh, it gets better, and uh, he was drunk. It was the end of the night. They had a first off, they had the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. It was a ten team uh, steel cage match. Oh. Yeah, ten team steel cage match. It was interesting. A lot of craziness, a lot of blood, all that good stuff. So everybody's kind of, you know, they've the, the winner has, you know, it's the bell rings, the winners are celebrating, everybody's kind of trickling into the back. The winners are kind of trickling into the back. And the guy just, I don't know what it was, the couple of the wrestlers were trying to, you know, get some heat from the fans. And apparently drunk guy stopped remembering that it was heat and thought it been wanted to just turn it into an altercation. And, and I tell people this that either haven't been to indie events or just haven't had the pleasure of seeing this. There is nothing that will empty a locker room quicker than a fan putting their hands on one of the boys. <laughs> nothing I've will empty a locker room quicker. A <laughs> couple times, usually it's under control pretty fast. Yeah. There are, there are fans that, you know, obviously, uh, there's a wrestler by the name of Super Hentai, um, mm-hmm. my mentor. He... He's um, very, uh, what's the word? Very un un PG, mm. to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll he'll jerk off to the crowd, that sort of thing. Uh, and people will yell at him and that sort of thing. But I've heard some stories where people have put their hands on wrestlers, and if you put your hand on a wrestler, expect to get the shit beat out of you because, mm-hmm. frankly, you deserve it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, did you see that thing about, uh, was it Eddie Kingston? Someone put their hands on Eddie Kingston. I didn't. Re- like, fairly recent. I didn't see that. And, like, I think it was Eddie, I could be wrong, but it's like, if you put your hands on a wrestler, expect to, you know, fists will fly. Yeah. And you'll probably lose a couple teeth. Yeah. But it was, man, I, I think, I think everybody came out of the back. <laughs> because they saw what was happening. And it's like, man, don't don't put your hand on them because you will feel the wrath of everybody else that's in that locker room at that Everyone. moment. Everyone. They will all clear out to come beat the crap out of you. <laughs> Just don't do it. Just don't do it. But it was also, it was the first event back after a while and they were coinciding the event with a free beer giveaway all night. So, like, some company donated free beer for the entire event. Oh. Yeah. See, like, I I don't drink. Like, I don't, I, I, I just don't drink. Okay. It, it's not, like, 
if you drink, fine. Like, I'm not going to judge you, but, like, I personally don't drink. Okay. Um, but, like, if I'm ever in an environment at a show where they have an open bar, like, I'm going to have someone with me. Yeah. Like, by my side at all times. Like, I will not feel comfortable being in that environment unless there's someone that I know has my back. That makes sense. That I believe. Um, so, uh, you get into a lot of conversations on Twitter with people. There's the kicker. What? <laughs> I said, there's the, there's the, the kicker. Yeah, you do. It's, uh, first off, I gotta tell you, it brings me, uh, a smile every time I, I see that you pop up on our timeline in a, in a thread of some sort or just things that you say. I didn't, I didn't have a... I couldn't compile a best of moments of your uh, <laughs> of your Twitter, um, but it's just worth it. And if you uh, if you don't follow her, we're definitely going to put all the links and stuff for you to uh, down here. But what? So is it to a point where you just ha- get into every conversation, or at some point are you just kind of like, listen, I have to let certain things die because I can't fight every battle, or are you just? You're just in it, man, and you know it, and you're just going hardcore all the time into those people that deserve to sometimes be lashed. Uh, or do you see, pick and choose? Do you have a battle thing that you pick and choose? Okay, so, like, I pick and choose, sort of. Okay. Um, if I see some dumb nonsense shit on my timeline that's ridiculous, then I'm going to probably respond. Um, if you come in my mentions without following me and you don't have a profile picture or it looks like you have three chins in your profile picture, talk shit to me, then I'm going to get involved. Dang. Uh, obviously. Sure. But if, if you come at me with some dumb nonsense, you deserve what you get. Um, it was so funny because whenever I, I was a couple of days away from the Shikara gig, um, and I was trying so much to be polite. So I wouldn't, you know, I didn't know if I was going to get in any trouble for saying, like, curse. Like, I was trying to be very, very careful. Sure. Because Shakar, I think Shakar still follows me, actually. <laughs> um, but it's like, it's like, I try to be polite. If you respect me, I respect you. Same applies to Twitter. But if you hit me with some nonsense, like, some sexism stuff or just stupid stuff in general, if you try to say, oh, I'm right, blah, 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 and you have no basis yeah other than your mark on twitter yeah it, it's there are times where i and i'm sure you've seen where i go absolutely savage without any regret yeah you just have those days where sometimes you don't you like you're pissed at everything and you just let it all out if someone hits you the wrong way yeah it uh it's tough it's it's tough to not hold back sometimes because you just kind of want to lay into them and, uh, I mean, you definitely get it way more than we do. I'm not saying that. Um, I'm not saying that that's even a comparison. I'm sure yours is hourly, maybe, if we clock it. But uh, what what are – what are? do you remember just some of, like, the really good ones that you've gotten? Oh, there's been so many. <laughs> I know. But is there, like, is there, like, one that kind of pops into your head? Or maybe just a general topic? TKO Ryan really? for like a while back yeah cause like I was at the time I was solely up live tweeting Ring of Honor and at the time their promos just weren't I weren't feeling their promos I didn't say anything bad I just said like they were boring yeah I didn't you know they weren't my cup of tea and I, I didn't say you know 
he sucks, blah, blah, blah. And, like, at the time, like, he buried my podcast and, like, the other member of, uh, I can't remember the name of the stable because I haven't watched Ring of Honor. Um, like, everyone's jumping on me and Kingdom State, like, it was bad. And it's like, dude, I get you're a heel, but come on. Yeah. Like, you're just overdoing it. Um, there's that, um, I think Matt Taven used to follow me. I don't know if he still does. Um, but then there's ones where it's like, if I have an opinion and you say I'm wrong because I'm a female, I'm going to jump down your throat. Hmm. Um, let's see if you tear down other women, like last night where someone was tearing down Tori Wilson for getting to the hall of fame. Yeah. I'm going to jump down your throat. Yeah. That one I don't get. People are just digging for reasons. Like, someone posted yeah. a screenshot that she won, like, a Golden Thong Award, and they were sexualizing her. But it's like, dude, even though she doesn't have a title, they end up freaking anyone. Kid Rock is in there. Come on. Like, they end up anyone. Sure. Like, she's more deserving of it because she had a lot... She, a lot of women in that time had to deal with a lot, and they were given the short end of the stick. Sure. And they pursued and persevered and trailblazed. Yeah. Women like that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Period. I don't want to hear any arguments. If you come at me with some suck of stuff, it's over before it even starts. Um, and just in general, like if you, if I see any of my friends getting harassed, oh, oh yeah. you better believe. You <laughs> better believe. Yeah. Well, okay. Things not to do on your Twitter, which I wouldn't do anyways. But just so everybody listening knows, don't uh, don't go down that road. Um, do you? I appreciate, uh, maybe not when it's completely directed at me. I don't know if I would feel the same way, but I appreciate heel wrestlers being heels on Twitter. Like I just, I genuinely appreciate them doing that. Wait, repeat that. You broke up a little bit. Uh, heel heels, heel wrestlers being heels on Twitter. Oh yeah. I yeah. I so so appreciate that. Yeah, and it 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 kind of makes it fun, like. If you're a like a wrestler on Twitter as a heel, cool. But if your profile in like your your middle aged or your sixties and you have heel in your profile, delete it immediately. Like you don't deserve to own a Twitter. You have people like that should have to pay to be on Twitter. Um, <laughs> it's oh my god. Um, my, oh my god. My thing is I and and th- I hope this doesn't get me any flack because I don't I don't mean it to. But when Chris and I started our podcast, we were like. Somebody goes, so what are your gimmicks? And I went, what? And they go, yeah, like what's y'all's, you know, what's <laughs> what's y'all's gimmick? And I went, what do you mean? What's our gimmick? Like he's he's Chris and I'm Cam, and then we talk about wrestling stuff. He goes, no, well, like, you know, do you guys do anything specific? And I go, no, be, that's that's weird to me that podcast people have gimmicks. I think that's slightly to utterly ridiculous if you're not a wrestler like, you're not allowed to have a gimmick that's that's how i feel like if you're not a wrestler or if you're floats, you know what i mean yeah, whatever floats their boats it, it like if you if you're a fan and you have a gimmick and you're not hurting anybody or being a dick whatever um but if you're using it if you're using heel in your bio and just as an excuse to be a deplorable human being that should have never been born yeah then you have a problem um, but that's the ones I see. Like those, those podcasts so, are like, oh well, th- you know, this person's our 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 heel, our bad guy on the podcast and on Twitter and stuff. Oh, and I go, fun story. Why? 
fun story experience. I'm not going to name broadcast because they don't deserve the publicity. But someone came at me. Uh, I posted that it wasn't okay to unwantedly hit on a female on Twitter if you don't know them. It was like because I was getting constantly at the time, yeah. and I was sick of it. I was like, don't freaking do it. Otherwise, you know, I'm going to call you out, and they're going to I'm going to make a problem of it. Um, and they were like, oh well, like if you're getting attention, good or bad, you're you're doing something right. And like they were excusing inappropriate behavior to females on Twitter and like they kept just being a brick wall about it yeah and I was like it's not okay like if people are sending you unwanted things in your DMs it's not okay like we shouldn't have to deal with it and they were like well if I got it I would be flattered but it's like you're a dude you don't know what we deal with and then privately he messaged me to be on his podcast to discuss it and I was like uh no and I blocked him and then he whined about it so that's and that's what um, I don't get is like you can't be one person and then sl- show up in somebody's DM and be this nice, yeah. calm individual. It's like no, if you're not a wrestler or if you're not a color commentator in wrestling that's supposed to have a personality, like you don't deserve to use the word gimmick in a podcast. And that's my thought process. And I could be totally wrong, and I'll die on that hill. I don't care. But if you're just a podcast and you've not done anything in the wrestling world, like, you don't deserve a gimmick. We've done nothing. <laughs> and, like, people are just going to be that way. And if they come at you, you just got to shut them down. Yeah. That, that's what I've learned to do. Yeah. Um, it's weird because I'll get these comments just, like, in general. Like, I'm a little Bradbury. Like, usually I'm very shy and quiet. Right. But obviously when it comes to talking about this sort of stuff, I'm more comfortable um, and it's like people keep asking me like oh excuse me um people just keep asking like oh when are you gonna turn heel like if you turn heel this should be your your song or if you become a manager this should be your song and it's like slow down i just started color commentary yeah. like i would love to learn how to be a manager but not right now yeah and but that's it's like, a- it's like the worst song ideas and you're like okay <laughs> you're like well maybe i mean thanks for the idea but you're be better at your choices <laughs> yeah, and and that, but again, like that makes sense because you have, it, you have a character to portray at that point. Yeah, that's and it, it's it's so weird to feel like I'm a character because I'm just doing me. Sure, like it, I people that look like see it from the outside, I guess see more than I do, and I'm still not used to hearing all of it. Mm-hmm. But it's like I'm just I'm just doing my thing. Yeah. But that, I mean, that makes sense, though, to me, that that you at that point, at some point, like, you'll be allowed to mix and match and change stuff around because it suits what you're trying to do in furthering yourself in that world. Whereas, like, when, when you and I started conversing on Twitter and then I DM'd you about being on the show, nothing changed in my verbiage <laughs> because I'm a person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not anything else other than a guy that just wants oh, to do a podcast. you're you're not like a Russian bot? No. Asking me to send bobs in the gene? Yeah, I'm not a Russian bot. I don't think so. Either that or that's my first <laughs> wrestling name when I become an indie wrestler is just Russian bot. And then I just send terrible messages to people and that's all I do all day long. Which, you know, maybe... Maybe not. That would be a terrible thing. I would never do that. Um, I don't. I've decided I don't want to be a wrestler, but I do want to be in the wrestling business. I either want to be a commentator or a ref. I would love to be a ref. Yeah, 
like as far as process for like roughing goes, I know there's some training to be a ref. Yeah. Um, commentator, like you just have to study a lot. Mm-hmm. But like being a ref, I'm I'm friends with a couple refs, and like they're the coolest people, and they always talk about like they have to go through certain training. Yeah. Like not as heavy as like a wrestler training, but like they're good at what they do. Um, yeah. They're actually great at what they're doing. Like I'd be terrified to be standing between two dudes <laughs> wrestling and bumping into me, and like, and that's the thing. Where, like, I've had discussions of what I would do or what I would be if I would ever be, like, a manager, heel or face. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I, I, the aspect of managing someone, heel or face, I think will be, like, really fun. I would love to be able to do it um, at some point because there are a couple wrestlers that I'm friends with. I'm, like, yeah, we would click really well. Yeah. Like, heel or face. Like, some of the faces are mean to me. Like, not, like, they're mean to me out of love sometimes and sometimes they're just, you know. I'm I'm big and bad and you're small. It, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, but there are some people like I think I would click with really well. Yeah. And if I put in the dedication to do it, I think I would be all right at it. Um, like I'm not person that when I'm working out or when I'm like listening to music in the car, I'll like go through music on my on my Spotify account. I'm like this would be a really good wrestling theme, and like I plan out in my head, and I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's the one. Yep. I've already, I, I'm the same way. I'm so geeky in that sense that I already have the song that I would, that I would walk out to if I ever got introduced at a wrestling event for any reason and needed music to come out to. I've, I've already got it figured out. Um, but I think that would be fun. I think just the idea of, I, I mean, one of my really good friends and one of the first guys I met when we got into this podcasting world is a referee down here. And he and I talk every week. And just hearing the stories of guys he's been in the ring with. He got to referee uh, a match with Ultimo Dragon two weeks ago. Um, He's been in the ring with Walter before. And he was telling me the story. Yeah, and he was telling me the story. And he goes, dude, he goes, goes, you've heard his video on, on YouTube, right? And I go, yeah, it's incredibly loud. And he goes, yeah, be in the ring when it happens. He was like, video ain't got nothing on being in the ring. And I was like, oh. That would blow out your eardrums. I, I know. Think. Oh, I know. But but just the guys that he's, you know, he's worked Ricochet and he's worked Osprey and he's worked with all those guys. And, you know, and it's, it's so his stories just make me go like, I would love to be uh, a referee. But I think being a manager would be cool, too. My favorite manager right now, I think, in all of wrestling. Wait. Yes. In all of wrestling is uh, Selena De La Renta. She is hands down my favorite wrestler. Got to meet her a couple times at some events. She's awesome. She's so cool to talk to. She's really chill. Um, But man, she the work she is doing right now is just top, top class stuff. It's fantastic. And it's like, um, like being newer in the the biz, I guess. Mm -hmm. There's like a lot of pressure. Um, so if I would ever transition eventually to being a manager, I think that, like, and I was discussing this with, uh, someone last night where a lot of, like, the women's managers are treated like eye candy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm not, whatever works for them, I'm happy if it works for them and it's getting reaction. Cool. But personally, if I would go into being a manager, I would be that person. I would do things my way. I would, you know... I, I'm trying to think how to say this. I wouldn't be another piece of eye candy. I would be intelligent with who I was working with. Yeah. As far as, you know, looks go, 
um, matching outfits, obviously, because that's important. <laughs> sure. Um, but you'd command you command the the room. Yeah, I would make sure I felt comfortable with what I was doing. Right. And my style. And and that's people what... have different styles, and that works for them. But for me, I would flip it on its head, basically. I guess. Yeah, and that but that's why I love the work that Selena's doing right now. Is you know, so many people want to paint her as you know the eye candy person. But it's like she's no, like she's she's a woman. boss. Yeah, like stuff only goes down when she says it goes down, and that that idea of that character portrays so well through her because when she gets going, it's believable. Like when she gets yeah. on a mean streak, you look at her and go, "Uh uh-uh, uh, I'm not. Mm-mm, I ain't dealing with her. I don't want to go near that." And all it takes is having one Hispanic woman friend in your life go off in front of your face and that becomes a reality <laughs> you look at that and go oh shoot no i don't want to deal with that at all ever i'm sorry i apologize <laughs> yeah and i like with and i i had this discussion on twitter um about my personal style where you know people make comparisons to me like of a renee young or Charlie Caruso or an alicia Atal, or however you pronounce her last time i still probably haven't gotten it right it's like don't compare me to them because I'm not them. I'm the first sure. Lola Bradbury. Yeah. I'm doing things my way. Sure. I'm finding my own style. I don't, I, by far, I don't have a WWE budget. I don't have this fancy-ass clothing budget. Yeah. I'm, I get my dresses from, like, Forever 21, like, fun fact, I get my dresses from Walmart, Forever 21, and sometimes Target. Boom. Like, that's, like, you don't have to spend so much money to be your own person. No, like, you, you don't. Like, you don't have to be fancy about it. Like, you do you like sometimes i would just wear like these uh jeggings to do like it's it's not that complicated you just gotta find your own style um yeah you can find like you can get your own style and not have to break the bank mm-hmm. and it's like if i would become a manager i would still stick to that but i would match clothes i guess to whatever personality i was working with to make it work true style wise anyway yeah absolutely Absolutely. I found a place that I buy all of my, uh, I buy a lot of my suits from and I can get, it's, it's 40 bucks for the suit. It's 12 bucks for shipping. And then I go to a guy that can, that can tailor it for like 10 bucks. I don't need to go to this, you know, these suit places and drop like 200 bucks on it. I can literally get a suit tailored for 60 bucks out the door. Maybe you can give Tony Kincaid some tips because his suits suck. Do they? I will. If you point them my way, I'll be like, hey, listen, Lola said you suck and I have to help you. So I don't know if I should start the conversation that way, but maybe I could. It's fine. I like, you just talk to him like he's a child. He's used to it. <laughs> so where did that beef come from? It's just like he came into RWA, like, thinking that he's better than me and Doc. He came into RWA thinking that he's better than everyone. Okay. He's, he like, his ego is threatened by me because he's constantly trying to bury me. He's constantly trying to attack me on social media, and it's not cool. He feels threatened because I'm an intelligent female who has been attending RWA longer than he has, and it shows. And the, the fact of the matter is he's, you know, he's upset. My big brother, Doc, who is also on commentary, he's talked crap about Chris Taylor and he's basically a dog with a tail between his legs. Is that it? <laughs> he, needs, he needs to be put in his place and I'm going to be the one to do it. There you go. I, th- I think I would take you in that 
uh, I don't know if it would be a fight, but I'll, I think I'll definitely take you in that in that go around. If I need to slap him, I will. I most certainly will. Yeah, that's you should. You should definitely do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for that. Just as long as it's on video or something, or as long as I can see it happen, you know, whatever. Come to an RWA show, then you'll probably see it happen. Listen, if I could get up to Pittsburgh, or Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, I would would definitely go. Unfortunately, I think the closest I'm going to be is I'm going to be in Delaware in November. That's about as close as I'm going to get to Pittsburgh this year. So... That's not going to work, probably. I don't know. We'll see what we can do. Um, let's see. What else? What else do we want to talk about? Can I ask you this question? And this this definitely isn't uh, directed specifically at you. But you're going to have to answer for it. So answer wise. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I found t- the Twitter world. Twitter, in some ways, it infuriates me. And in other ways, it's the greatest people watching mechanism of all time. And so it depends on what I'm reading or how I want to view Twitter is to if it is either very annoying or if it is just a great people watching standard. And recently for me, it has become a great people watching standard because there's this weird um, double standard when it comes to nude leaks in the wrestling world that I'm starting to figure out. (laughs) And it's like. If and nude leaks are horrible all the time. I think the people that break into phones and tap in through stuff to steal those leaks, I think they should be arrested or have to pay a crazy fine or whatever. Right? Like they're they're terrible people. They're the only ones that did anything wrong in that scenario ever. And if anybody else argues differently, like go take the argument somewhere else because you're not going to get it from me. Right? Like the guilty party is the ones that steal those pictures unwarranted right so let's yeah well that's our baseline so let's start there i just think i just find the reaction on twitter really funny when it's depending on what it is and depending on what the scenario is like there was there was zero outbreak to 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 dawson and riddle getting pegged there was like almost nothing on twitter when like, that when that okay. happened, like dudes or chicks, like it's not okay all around. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like when the Tony Storm thing happened, like I will say this, like I agree, like the guilty party is the one who, also the one who leaks it and the freaking dirt sheets that have to be pieces of shit oh. and share those. Like they're yeah, those piss me off to no end. Sure. Um, and it's like I love how people reacted to like just supporting Tony Storm and Paige and like that should outweigh anything bad um I will say that I love how Dawson and Riddle handled theirs yes comedy on their own Twitter yep um but it's like there's dudes that will drool over chicks leaks and there's chicks that will drool over dudes leaks I'm not that person yeah like it's wrong either way like I'm not gonna get involved I know it's wrong and it's messed up yeah like I'm not gonna get involved yeah they they came man there were some there as there are on both Um, sides but the thirst level was high on twitter about a week ago (laughs) and it's like people are just now realizing that Scott Dawson's a babe like 
get on the train. Seriously. Been... Where have you been? Dawson's been a babe for years. Where have you guys been? Yeah. <laughs> no, I do I do like the fact that they handled it the way they did. I think yeah. I think Riddle absolutely handled it in character, and I think that was hysterical yeah. what he did. Um he's just a dude where you just you you know you meet some wrestlers and you go, Man, it'd be cool to hang out with that guy. I Riddle is absolutely one of those guys. I don't even think Riddle's that guy. Riddle is the guy I want to be friends with for the rest of my life. Like I, he falls into that category, you know what I mean? Some people you meet and you go, oh, it'd be cool to go out and have dinner with him and, you know, hear stories or hang out with him for a little while. But Riddle's one of those guys, like, I may actively try to become friends with. <laughs> like, I feel like Riddle is Riddle all the time. Like, there's no turning yes. it off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You just, and, man, th- th- I have so many questions for his wife just because of how goofy he is. You just kind of look at her and, and go. He has kids too, and it's I like know. he's probably like the coolest dad ever. He probably is, and the just the little behind the scenes stuff that WWE did with him in their trip down. I'm sure he's just like that all the time. But sometimes I feel like sometimes you just kind of want to look at his wife and go, "All the time? This is him all the time? <laughs> How do you do that?" <laughs> and she seems awesome, and you know they seem fantastic, and Riddle's Riddle's amazing, and I'm glad he's. I'm glad he is where he is, man. I'm glad. I'm glad WWE was able to get him down. There are a lot of dudes that are high on him to to be a a, a flag bearer. I for... mean, when you're around Riddle, you're going to be high, probably. <laughs> that is so true. That is so. You could just listen to his theme music and go, "You smoke. You definitely. I, like, you definitely do." I love his original music, but like his WWE music is on point. It is so great. It's just just that it's it's so West Coast hip hop, like old school Tupac vibes. But I mean when I hear when I hear that music I just I immediately just think Tupac cruising down the coast. That's that's immediately what pops into my head. You know, and then it's like, bro. I'm like, yes, I needed this in my life. I absolutely needed that in my life. Uh so what's coming up for you? What 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 do we got? What do we got on the books? What are you trying to do? All right, no. Wait. Let me rephrase. You're not allowed to answer that question yet. In in a perfect world, in in Lola Bradbury's perfect world, you have oh been you have been given the pen. You can write your own story. You can you can finish it however you want. How does how does the wrestling world work into Lola's life? What's what's your what's your pinnacle? What's your peak? What do you what's your perfect your perfect storm in the wrestling world look like? To be completely honest, like, it's so early for me still. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you can set goals and accomplish those goals, but you never stop peaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds wrong. Uh, you never stop hitting your peak and pinnacle, uh, and you never stop learning. <laughs> Phrasing of horrible. That's okay. <laughs> but it, you, in wrestling, when you stop learning or you hit your pinnacle, then you just give up at that point. You, you don't accept any more learning or things to accomplish and I think going into wrestling with that mindset is for me ha- has never been an option it's I can never stop learning from who I work with I can never stop accomplishing things and setting tiny goals and reaching those goals and when I reach those goals I can still want more and, and, and perfect my color commentary or be a better learn overall um there are things I have gotten a couple of traveling offers um, that I'm still trying to work out 
uh, which I'm so grateful for. Yeah. Uh, when I have the opportunity to travel, uh, I'll try to make those happen. Uh, great companies. Um, I will say, uh, ultimately, I would love to either see. I'm so torn on this because I love what I'm doing now and I would never want to leave it. But if the opportunity arose for this, I would love to be able to either do interviews for the performance center like they do with NXT. Sure. I would love to be able to have an opportunity to do that at some point. Obviously not right now. Yeah. Um, I would love to, um, and I thought about this. I would love to work for an all-women's promotion and have that under my belt wow. uh, at any point. I would love to work for an all-women's promotion and be in that environment uh, like Rise, like Shimmer, um, just in general. Mm -hmm. uh, my good friend Honey Badger actually works for uh, Rise. She's been on a couple of shows of theirs in Chicago. Oh, wow. I'm so happy for her. I'm so proud. Um, she's been killing it at Rise, too, with a Y, locally. <laughs> yeah. But I just... I I will say this uh, if you contact like if you try to add me on Facebook for whatever reason uh, mm. there's a good chance if I don't recognize you I will delete the request or if you're promoted trying to contact me for any reason shoot me a message instead of just being quiet with a friend request because I'm going to have no idea um, and that's confusing That that's the most frustrating part like if you're trying to contact me either ask for my email my business email or like shoot me a message so I know um, and that's not me being cocky it's just like I need to know who I'm talking to in general sure. um, but just working for a women's promotion or I I'm trying to get back into Shikara um, I, I a lot of wrestlers from um, what was I gonna say you're trying to get back into Shikara you're trying to get back into Shikara um, yeah yeah uh, People like um, a lot of the wrestlers from Jakarta have been asking me if I'm going to be back. Or That's awesome. Just in, yeah, like people have been wanting me back since September, and I just I haven't been able to get back in the door there yet. But I would love to, mm. since I have a little bit more experience and prove myself there. Um, that's an absolute goal of mine to to go back to Jakarta and prove myself um, that I've learned since then. But yeah, like if any opportunity arose, I would be there in a heartbeat if i could yeah so is the is is one of your goals ultimately to be able to kind of see the see the continental u.s with this i would love to travel more yeah. uh with my circumstance right now I, I don't have the opportunity to travel out that far uh, i'm trying to uh, i'm trying to get to north carolina um nice. i might have an opportunity to, get to indiana possibly mm -hmm. um I would love to work the independent circuit in Texas or in Tennessee, oh, like the southern states. Yeah. That would be a first for me. Yep. Like, I would love to work. Um, my best friend works in Texas, and, like, that scene down there is so crazy. It's and it looks so much fun. I want to go out there so badly just to experience um, that scene out in Texas. It's insane, like you said. Yeah. I know. It just... I. I used to go to Texas every summer because I had family down there, and I just oh, I can't nice. anymore since they moved. Um, I just miss San Antonio. <laughs> I just wanted to go back to San Antonio. Like My. book me and book me to a trip at San Antonio, and I'm set. Yeah, um, just hang out at the boardwalk. I'll be fine. Leave me around. Oh, I love it. Oh, it's That's so what, beautiful. My grandparents lived there. I was um, I was born out in Texas, so I've I've been rooted in Texas since the beginning. So I always tell people when Texas secedes, I'm like moving that back. Stretch. 
What'd you say? Oh my god. The one stretch, like, right before you get to the Riverwalk of all, like, the Ripley's Museums? Yep. That's the ish. Yeah. That is the ish. Yeah. I always, um, I always tell people whenever Texas secedes, I'm moving back home, and I'll, you know, I'll get my passport. I'll see you guys later. I also, a big goal of mine, I would love, 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 love to work for progress on a u.s tour oh, jim yeah. smallman you know where to find me if you travel mania weekend let me know i'm yeah. your girl yeah um no. or i would love to work with the oh um riptide wrestling yeah. or attack pro wrestling like attack pro wrestling has my heart in the uk i would love to work for them that's awesome there's a there's a a weirdly a a promotion in scotland that I've had multiple conversations with on Twitter, not to go out there, just we've talked or whatever, but I'm like, man, now I kind of want to go out to Scotland, (laughs) but that's, that's the beauty of Twitter. That's the beauty of Twitter is like, I can have conversations with people on the other side of the world Yeah, and you can just meet some of the coolest people. And that's the good thing about Twitter sometimes. Like you can meet the coolest people, but some people are just shitheads. Um, That's true. But, also, another company, OTT. Uh, I mm. got to interview Angel Cruz a couple months ago, nice. and he's the coolest dude. Like, everyone I've met has been so awesome. That's but, awesome. like, OTT Wrestling, just, if you know a company that needs an interviewer, let me know. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, we'll definitely promote the heck out of you, man. For sure. We'll uh, we'll try and see if there's any Florida promotions or anything so we can, we can catch it live, you know. Also, book me on a promotion with the Gymnasty Boys, please. <laughs> Yo, they come through here all the time, man. The Gymnasty Boys are they're good people. So we're we're friends. One of our kind of podcasting friends up in Georgia is good friends with – not good friends, but have, have been through the – around with the Gymnasty Boys and seen them in the promotions at um, Southern Fried and Southern Honor Wrestling down in Georgia. Um the gym. They say the gymnasty boys are just good dudes, so they've they've seen them a lot. They turned us on to the the dirty blondes too, which uh, yeah. wrestle around here, man. I've met both of them. They're good dudes, man. They're just cool guys. So it's crazy too. Again, it's so it's such an ancestral business. Like you hear people just from other people, and then you end up getting linked up with them and just knowing them for whatever reason, other than just hey, I heard. One of my friends told me about you, and so now, yeah, you know, it's, hello. Yeah, it's the craziest, like, linking connection. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. Um, okay, what is coming up for you? What are what are your events? What are your things that you got going on? Well, I will start off by saying this. Uh, I'm usually there at Rise Wrestling every month. Okay. But I got a message from Marcus Mann saying that I am to step nowhere near the Stronghold Arena grounds for the April show. What? Why is that? Apparently for my safety. Because the members of Grindhouse have been... I have a giant bruise on my arm from Megan Myers from the last show. Yeah. Um, I got attacked by Christian Noir. I got attacked by Megan Myers. I've been confronted by Shirley Doe. And apparently, for my safety, I'm to step nowhere near Stronghold grounds on April 12th. Hmm... Which, I understand why Marcus made the decision, but he knows better than anyone how much I love what I do. And I don't know if he can stop me from doing it. I don't know if I can listen to Marcus on that. Yeah. Because he knows I do whatever I can to help them, and I'm not going to let Grindhouse scare me away from doing what I love. There you go. It's crazy. It's nonsense. Uh, I'm upset. Um, But 
I, I don't know what I'm going to do at this point for Rise. Um, however, I do have RWA on March 23rd. I will absolutely be there. <laughs> um, we're bringing back Lodi um, from WCW. He's the coolest to work with. I use that word a lot, but like everyone's just been so chill. See? Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm going to be definitely at RWA on March 23rd. And uh, yeah, with Rise, I'm, I'm just upset because I'm... I'm going to miss out on hanging out with my friends and helping the locker room out just because apparently I am a liability to them. I, I don't understand. So well, I guess we'll see. Hmm. Is it that you're a liability or are they just looking out for your health because they don't want anything to happen to you? I, Marcus knows how much I love what I do. Yeah. And he knows how passionate I am. And I know he has a lot to deal with because System Elite stole the tag team titles. They ran off with them. Uh, Grand House is running roughshod over Rise Wrestling, trying to destroy the locker room, yeah. uh, going after me. I might lose my best friend because they've been messing with her. They've been messing with me to get to her. Um, so I don't know if Marcus can stop me. That's all I'm going to say. Hmm. Well, I hope nothing bad happens to you then. That would be awful. I don't want to hear that, so I hope you stay safe. Yeah, um, there's a giant bruise on my arm. Yeah. Um, so well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's got to be a cautionary tale for the next time you show up there. Is you know, there's a bruise on the arm one time. What's it going to be the next time? You know. Yeah, I just I, I don't know if Marcus can stop me. Well, listen. If you're passionate enough about it, nobody can stop you from doing anything. So yeah. So it's safe. But so that's what you got going on for the next little while. Are we yep. doing any other podcasts or shows or anything else you want to plug? Uh, the next episode of Rise Strong Podcast with Tyler Vox uh, should be up soon. Uh, the next Upright show is actually next weekend, I think, or next Friday. Um, I'm going to try to make it out to that one at least because I know I'll be safe there. Um, but, yeah, support Uprise. Uh, we're giving guys and girls an opportunity that have been struggling for that opportunity we're giving them a platform it's so great um and then um i'm gonna be planning out the next rise strong podcast episode after the upcoming one is posted um and i'm just gonna be working on that and notes for the shows um but yeah i i absolutely uh i'm, I'm gutted about the next rise so yeah definitely. I, I don't know what else to say yeah that's tough that is tough um, did we get to everything you wanted to get to? Uh, I feel like I... we had a plan going into it, and the plan was hit play, <laughs> and then we'll see what happens. Or hit record, Pretty and then much. we'll see what happens. I think I got to everything that I have on this uh, Publix receipt that I wrote all my notes down on. Um, um, in, ge- hmm? like, in general, uh, don't be a dick. Uh, if you want to come say hi to me at a show, cool. Just be a normal human being. Don't treat me like a piece of meat. Um, if you want me to meet your kids, cool. Just let me know. Um, if I see, if you try to get a hold of me, or if you try to get my attention at a show, chances are you won't because I'm running in a million places. Lowell the Bradbury is in a million places at a show. There's no, there's no breathing. So I apologize in advance. Um, I didn't get to meet a little cute dude. Um, by the name of Justin, uh, cutest little boy, and we got to talk wrestling. He gave me fist bump. We got a photo. Was that the picture you just posted, the latest one? I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. That was cool. 
that was that was a good moment. Yeah. Was that the first time you've been asked to like m- meet somebody's kid or anything like that? Yeah, pretty yes. much. Um, I got to take a picture with Justin, the little boy, and I got someone grabbed me during intermission and wanted me to meet their baby niece. And it's like they wanted me to hold the baby, but I like I didn't want to drop it, so I was like, "Oh, it's so cute, but I don't really want to hold the baby." <laughs> <laughs> wow! So you got to hold my baby as well. Yeah, I'm oh. not gonna like. If, I'm not gonna kiss any babies. I'm just gonna say that right now. I'm not gonna kiss any babies. Yeah, you're not running for office. You don't need to do that yet. No. <laughs> um, well, that's that's awesome. I I am I'm so happy that we got a chance to sit down and talk. Um, yes. We hit record and it is now literally two hours later that you and I have been talking, and I still feel like there are about ten topics that as soon as I hit stop are going to pop into our heads. And so I, I, I can only assume there's a part two coming somewhere. I'm sure. With I'm the with the way we talk uh, wrestling, I'm sure that uh, there's definitely a second part coming somewhere down the road. But um, this has been in the works for a while. We were supposed to record on the 9th, and then we just decided, nah, nah, we're good. We're fine. We got like time. We're not going to wait. We're going to do the thing. Yeah, exactly. We just we didn't want to wait. You know what I mean? There's jokes in there somewhere. Um, no, it was awesome. I'm so happy that that, that you um, were okay with sitting down and talking to me and that uh, we weren't uh, creepy dudes on Twitter. Um, but it was awesome. And, and, and we fo- you know, we've been following you for a little bit and just kind of seeing what you're doing and the trajectory and the arc of your career uh, starting and where it's going to go. It's just a lot of fun. So um, ha- happy to, to call you a friend and happy to be able to kind of sit down and pick your brain about what it's like walking into the world of wrestling instead of walking out of it or anything like that. Hopefully my brain was helpful. <laughs> it was. It was very helpful. You said all the words. You did the stuff. You said the things. It was perfect. <laughs> Good. Yeah, absolutely. But I uh, I appreciate you um, sitting down and talking to me. This was, uh, this was fantastic. This will go up at some point. Uh, in the next couple of days and, and we'll get it out to everybody. But, uh, but I absolutely appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you taking, taking your time out for it. It was awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the conversation and we will, uh, we'll be in touch on Twitter. We'll be eyeing your, uh, your, your Twitter timeline for any people that you can attack maliciously that deserve it. Um, <laughs> and then any other events and any stuff coming up. So, I definitely appreciate it. And I thank you. Thank you for the, for the time. Of course. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a good night. You too. Thanks. Bye.